It is the 200 level. Mike Carpenter in the basement on a Wednesday early evening. Doing the live thing on Twitch. So hello, everybody. Mr. Big Red, Big Tota. I know it's a somewhat awkward time as people are getting off work, but thanks for anyone who does pop in. Yes, Mr. Big Red, I am rocking the fourth and Kirby swag. And I'll start off with that real quick. These guys have a closeout sale. I hate that it's a closeout sale, but this is my Alani Big Ten Champions t-shirt. It has the sort of Gus Macker thing going on. One of my favorites from fourth and Kirby. So why not go to fourthandkirby.com and they got everything marked off or marked down, I should say, as they are closing shop, which that sucks. But the inventory is still there and great options. I rock the Juice t-shirt that they have for the win over Wyoming and plan to rock that again Friday night for a huge game against Indiana. This is exciting. You know, The weather is perfect. It's not fall yet. It's still that kind of late summer vibe out there, but the cooler mornings and the less humidity and the fact that Illinois is 1-0 and I think with a great chance to go 2-0. And I'll start off by saying I would be surprised and... I guess these are famous last words. I would be surprised if Illinois loses on Friday. And if you were to ask me, well, what's the primary reason why you're so confident? It's the coaching staff. And I was on a run today and kind of reflecting on why I feel so good about where things are, despite just having one game under their belt and an offense that got the yardage, but maybe didn't look explosive. So the offense might still struggle this year. A defense that wasn't really tested against a Wyoming team that couldn't pass it. But the more I think about it, do I trust Brett Bielma and his staff more than Tom Allen and his staff? And the answer is yes. I'm kind of giving away what my prediction will be, but I'll save the score for later. I'm not nervous about Friday. And I think when the game starts, I'm expecting in many ways similar to Illini basketball games of recent history, a win. I'm expecting them to just be the better team. And... It doesn't need to be full of style points, especially in game two, but I think having a game under their belt and matching the talent, I would think, of what Indiana has and having a coaching staff like this Illinois team has, we should feel good. We should be confident. And famous last words, fool me once. I think a lot of those concerns that we have have much more to do with our history as Illini fans than what this team showed us against Wyoming and really what they showed us or have shown us in the last six or seven games dating back to last year. If you go back beginning with the Penn State game last season to now, this has been pretty good. Pretty good, right? And that's even with an offense that we're still waiting to really take off, and maybe it does. Maybe it does against Indiana on Friday night. Maybe they open up the playbook and we see Barry Lenny Jr. in all his majesty and Tommy DeVito just slinging the ball left and right to receivers that I think might be better than we anticipated. Okay, am I drinking the Kool-Aid? Maybe a little bit. And this happens a lot early in the season. Though, in fairness, I don't think I ever felt that way early in a Beckman season. Lovey Smith certainly didn't give me many reasons to. I think I drink the Kool-Aid more often for basketball than football. So I don't know if I'm really going out on a limb. And for those that are in the chat thread, I'd love to get your thoughts on what you want to see Friday and what you think you will see. That could be a final score. That could be something in particular that you're watching for. But chat thread, if you want to light it up, what do you hope to see and what do you think you'll see Friday night against Indiana? Now, we'll be right back here. Same bat time, same bat channel on Twitch. Actually, a different time, about 8.30 or so, 8.45. Actually, knowing college football, probably not until 9. Whenever the second half starts against Indiana, we'll be here. And we'll be here until the game is over. And I'm hoping for a nice kind of leisurely Friday night watching Illinois go to 2-0. and 
it would be a massive, massive 2-0 start because that sets up a game against Virginia that would give Illini fans reasons to be really excited. 45,000, I don't know if you're going to get to 50. I would hope there was a ticket blitz, and I hope, as I talk about later, Josh Whitman had a statement about the game day experience last week. I would hope that that gets figured out by then, too. But overall, I think a win on Friday, regardless of how you do it, you're 2-0, 1-0 in the Big Ten, most importantly, and a winnable game against a team that lost a lot from last year. Maybe not offensively for Virginia, but this is an Illinois team that I, I got to think if there's such a thing as bulletin board material, it's the final score and all the yardage they gave up against Virginia last year that the defense in particular, I'm excited about the defense against Virginia. They're really going to be pumped for that game, I would assume. First things first, though, beat Indiana. Any means necessary, doesn't matter how, just get it done. And I actually think they might have some style points in getting it done on Friday and do so, if not easily, fairly efficiently. Think the Minnesota game last year, hopefully a few more points than that. But the Minnesota game last year indicated to me that there is a way to watch Illinois football and just relax and actually feel like, oh, they're going to win. And I I didn't get to see the Minnesota game last year. I was on the road with Dave Matthews Band show up in Michigan. But even listening to the radio, I had this odd feeling of, oh, they got this. And that was the week after the Rutgers game. So you could ask me, well, why, why did you feel so confident? You could kind of see things building on top of each other last year. And I think that this year could be a continuation of that. And if so, the 7-5 and five prediction from the outset isn't maybe outlandish. As you can tell, I'm feeling good. So if, if uh, chat thread, I need to calm down, let me know. Now I'm going to hit up these text uh, these chat threads real quick before they kind of scroll up here. BT Meyer says, agree with you, Carp. The coaching staff makes the adjustments necessary to win or put the team in a position to win. Big Tota 78 says, I think I may have drunk way too much Kool-Aid. 38 to 27 good guys. I think the margin sounds about right, Big Tota. I would be almost shocked if we gave up 27. That might tell you a little bit the kind of prediction I'll make later based on this defense. This is from Mr. Big Red. I want to see a competitive game, but I am really nervous. I think we're going to win, but there's a lot that we don't know. And that is true. Mr. Big Red, there's a lot that we still don't know. Because you can't take a whole lot away from a Wyoming game when it's very possible Wyoming stinks. Now, what I'd love to think is that Wyoming doesn't stink. You're just a lot better than people anticipated, and you made them look bad. That would be uh, the best-case scenario. And if you do to Indiana, even half what you did to Wyoming then there may be something to that. Big Beef, 5115, says, hoping for better offensive line play and expecting a 24-13 to win. Surprise, Aiden Lowry contributes. If I'm saying that last name correct. Yeah, the running back position, you're going to need Aiden, I think. Maybe need might be a strong word. Reggie Love, I'm optimistic with what I saw at the end of the Wyoming game, so he's your two back. And then, I guess it'd be Chase Hayden after that. But, you know that this coaching staff likes to get as many guys out there, especially to keep Chase Brown fresh. I think an early lead is actually not imperative, but would be huge because you wouldn't need to run Chase Brown for four quarters. If that's the case, then you're coming away with a win. All right, this is from Chief Oski. I think they'll open up the playbook, and I think this means what you hope to see, Chief Oski, better pass rush. Yeah, that was a little bit lacking against Wyoming. Now, your secondary is so good, and we're going to talk about Quan Martin later. Your secondary is so good that it may offset just an okay pass rush. Just serviceable, average. 
AMC Craig, no, AM Craig, 24, says, I want to see a win, but not sure. Allen is a very good coach as well at Indiana. Hoping for better interior offensive line play. Another breakout game for Bryant at wide receiver. He was really good Saturday, I thought. He looked the part, and he had the best reception, or I should say the best move of the game, getting yards after contact. I think it was like a 15-yard gainer after there was contact seven or eight yards in. That that was an eye-opener. He looks the part, right? I will take a little bit of issue, AM Craig 24. Not issue, but we'll talk about Tom Allen later. How good is he? We'll get to that. But before I get too far into this, good Lord, we're having fun already. 10 minutes with someone on the podcast. I got to hit up the sponsors. DP Doe online at dpdoe.com for all the best deals and prices. Custom zones with any topping you want or some of their favorites like the Maui Wowie, the Buffer Zone. Those were our go-tos. 16 years ago when we were on campus and ordering DP dough late into the evening. Of course, it's great for a late night snack, but it's also good for business lunches. It's good for dinner on Friday, maybe when you're watching the game. Order DP dough. They can deliver it to you at your doorstep before the game at halftime. These guys are the best. There's a reason they've been around for as long as they have. DPDoe.com. Rector Construction, online at R-E-C-T-O-R-Construction.com for all your home exterior needs. And even as we get into the colder months, go online to RectorConstruction.com and get a free quote today for your next home exterior project. Expert craftsmen, the customer service is second to none. They're great guys. I met some of them at Isaac's wedding and... Their reputation is what it is for a reason, and and you can take that to the bank. It is the Mike Carpenter guarantee. You are working with good people, and they give back to the community. So as a townie, I appreciate that. RectorConstruction.com. Dogtown Heating and Air, based in Paxton, but they serve everywhere in East Central Illinois. These guys have a deal where if you just mention the 200 level, you get 6% off your next service from them. And right now is probably a good time to get lined up a furnace check. So that is Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing based out of Paxton, but they serve Champaign, Urbana, Monticello, St. Joe, Muhammad, you name it. These guys serve East Central Illinois. They are the best at what they do. Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. And finally, State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. Let me tell you how good Brian is. I turned in my old car for a new lease yesterday. I sent him an email with the new VIN number, all that to get insurance cards. I had insurance cards in three minutes. It took Brian three minutes to get me new insurance cards. That's just one anecdote about how good Brian is at his job. We trust him with our homeowners and auto insurance. We get great rates from State Farm and the best service you could ask for. So brianismyguy.com for State Farm agent Brian Hansen. Got the fourth and Kirby shirt. They got the closeout sale. Got to thank Alana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. All right, that's the spiel that we always start off the show with. So thank you for supporting our sponsors any way that you can, whether it's a Calzone or if you need HVAC stuff, Dogtown or insurance, all that stuff. Check these guys out. They are really good. I would not bring on a, let's see, snake oil salesman as a sponsor for the 200 level. We have quality control here. All right, let me pull up my notes. Aren't you impressed? I'm actually doing notes this year, really taking it seriously. And there is a lot to get to today. I'll tell you kind of the rundown of the show. We will first talk about the Josh Whitman statement, which was necessary. And I got to give him credit for, um, I don't want to say getting out in front of it. I think that they could have probably released something sooner. But the fact of the matter is, by Tuesday, there was a statement from Josh Whitman about the game day experience and the issues that they need to fix. We're going to start with that. We got the Indiana game, of course. We have Quan Martin. I want to hit on him. 
other week one matchups in the Big Ten. And then while the last podcast was Sunday, a few hours after it came out, Amani Hansberry, four-star, power forward, 2023, commits to Illinois. Should we be surprised? It seems like any recruit that is interested in Illinois ultimately commits. It's quite the streak going on here for Underwood. I don't think it's going to slow down. Game day experience on Saturday. Now, as I mentioned on Sunday's podcast, I had a great time. I think anyone there had a great time because it was just nice to be back at the stadium. The game itself was fun, if not the most exciting. It was a very efficient and uh, well-executed game from Illinois. And as an Illinois fan, I'll take it. That makes me feel good. Starting off 1-0. It was perfect weather. So there were more factors that were positive than negative. And going to the game again with my dad and tailgating with friends, that made the line outside of the stadium merely an inconvenience. Others were justifiably, like, legit pissed off. I I tried to laugh at it, but I also recognized the sort of ridiculousness that for 37,000 people, they couldn't do better. I think Whitman did too, and we were waiting for a statement, and we got it yesterday. I'll read it real quick. We regret very sincerely the challenges that many of our fans experienced while attending our football game against Wyoming on Saturday. All of us with Illinois Athletics are beyond grateful for the loyal, enthusiastic support that so many fans show our team week in and week out. We understand the commitment that is necessary to attend our games in terms of both time and money, and we will never take for granted the faith that our ticket holders place in us to deliver an experience worth their investment. This is true, of course, for what happens on the field, but equally true, if not more so, for what happens off of it. From parking and tailgating to stadium entry and concessions, we must do better. Following Saturday's problems, we are reviewing all aspects of our game day operation and are committed to making needed improvements to provide the kind of experience that our fans want and deserve. We will be communicating these changes in advance of our next home game on September 10th. We apologize for what transpired on Saturday and look forward to welcoming our fans back to Memorial Stadium with an experience that meets our high standards. So that is the statement from Josh Whitman as I take a little bit of coffee here. It's live podcasting, baby. You hear the coffee slurps and everything. And if anyone in the chat thread had an experience on Saturday, similar to what I did, I think maybe only the east side was easier to get into, and that's because most people didn't bother sitting on the east side, understandably. It was warm enough. What I had tweeted on Saturday to try to make sure that people understood, I wasn't like you know, foaming at the mouth with anger. Acknowledge the problem. Fix it. If you do, all good. And I still believe that. The Virginia game will be a test for this athletic department because that is a two-week turnaround from what was pretty disastrous, all things considered. And how do you get a stadium ready for at least, I would think, 10,000 more people than what you had for the Wyoming game? I am going to hold my breath here and, and hope for the best. But can you hire that many people, that many more people necessary to have more than just six ticket scanners in Grange Grove? Can you get enough people to man the concession stands? And I know often that might be church groups or athletic teams that are looking to make a little bit of money. I know what you can do. You can make sure that all the concession stands have working credit card things, especially because you have all the signs outside that say no cash, card only. That is something that can be done. I think there needs to be more done about water, especially in these early games where that should just be available. And if anyone could correct me, I was not there for the Nebraska game last year. Did they start giving water away for free or or maybe not? I know it was a mess for that Nebraska game too. 
the game day experience, listen, if you got one of the lot passes, I don't think it was too big of a problem. Lot 31 was great. No issues with uh, parking attendance, unlike last year when there was a particularly surly one that scolded me. I wasn't, I wasn't too fond of that. And there was also one lady in a supervisor polo that I thought wasn't really warm and friendly when there were people just trying to get in the stadium. Regardless, just a better bedside manner from her would have been nice. But these are nitpicky, right? The ultimate thing is that people can get in fairly quickly, and it shouldn't take more than five minutes. If we're being honest here, there wasn't any security. What was the security? There was like a, a cop at each gate looking at people. No metal detectors, no pat-downs. I thought, if anything, what was slowing it down were pat-downs or like legit bag checks. I'm guessing the bag checks were not that thorough. I'm not all that worried about safety. Maybe I should be. I'm just, I'm there to see the game. I don't think about what worst case scenario could be. At a certain point waiting in line, when I saw that there were not metal detectors and there wasn't really security going on, I thought, just let people in. And that is a call that could have been made from up top. I know it might sound crazy, but... For 37,000 people, how many people were in that line trying to sneak into a game for free? Zero. Because this is Illinois football. It's not as if people are chomping at the bit unless you are a legit, diehard Illini fan to even go to the opening game against Wyoming. And so what if one or two people got in without a ticket? I, I don't know if this is outlandish. I know they want an actual accurate counter for how many people came in the turnstiles, but eventually read the room. And recognize that all these people on the west side, and I'm not going to try to play, you know, <laughs> oh, we're very important people. But if you're coming in from the west side, a lot of those are from the, the big money lots, right? The big donors. You think that they would say, well, wait a second. These are our people that are really buttering our bread. Is that an expression? And just let them in. They didn't do that. Okay. So what are they going to do for Virginia? I will wait with bated breath. I don't want to have to leave the tailgate that early. We left at 2.45. We were in line by 2.50. I'm sorry. That should be good enough. That should be good enough. If they aren't going to be patting people down, it should be click, click. Okay, scan them in. Get them through. So, fingers crossed. But we'll cross that bridge next week. It's something to watch for. And now, why am I even broaching this? I think as, as the 200 level, it's this idea that we're kind of the, the fan podcast, I guess. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense. You know, Jeremy is the objective journalist along with Joey Wagner and Derek Piper. You have the field pass, uh, I think is what it's called. And you have the Illini guys. So, you know, there's always a mix of that. But I think the one thing that we've tried to do is take it from the fans perspective. And that was something that affected a lot of people, myself included, on Saturday. And Chief Oski says they ran out of water at the Nebraska game. I don't think they did on this Saturday against Wyoming, fortunately. So that lesson was learned, but not many others. So back it up, back up the statement, get it done, and then no harm, no foul. Indiana. Last time Illinois played Indiana, at Indiana, 2013. 2013, it was a 52-35 loss. I was in Chicago that weekend for some reason. I remember watching that game at a friend's apartment. It was expectedly bad on defense. Still got 35 points on offense. I think you were always two scores out of it. Was it Gunner something, rather, that was their quarterback? They had a decent quarterback on Indiana back then, and that was the West Lawn era. You had wins at Indiana, two that I attended in bowl seasons, in 07 and 2011. In 07, that was a really impressive win that got Illinois, to, I think, to 4-0 or 3-1. 3-1 or 4-1. Vontae Davis had a punt return for a touchdown, if I recall. I was there in 2011 as well when Illinois went 5-0 or 6-0. Yeah, that was when they started 6-0. and 
me and a friend went over to that game, and you just controlled it from start to finish. And I thought, oh my God, Ron Zook's going to go like nine and three this year. He should have. He did not. So in pretty good Illinois seasons, even dating back to the Sugar Bowl year, Antoine Randall it was a rainy Saturday. It was not on TV. And I remember going out to the mall for some reason. And at the Illini shop, which used to be in the middle part of Marketplace Mall, they had the radio feed. So I would pop back in and get the score update. And Illinois basically controlled that game. I, there was a little bit of concern that Antoine Randall would do something crazy and he might lose. No, not at all. That was a really good win for Illinois back then. Trying to think if there's many other memorable games against Indiana. If I recall, there was one in 2000, or was it 1999, an overtime game against Antoine Randall that I think went against Illinois. But if anyone in the chat thread remembers that, the Antoine Randall years, he was fun to watch, and he could elevate that team far beyond their talent level. So you're back at Indiana, first time since 2013, and how good is Indiana? Well, last year they were bad. They were 2-10, 0-9 in the Big Ten. Earlier on, uh, I want to see if I can find this. Yeah, uh, AM Craig 24 says that Allen is a very good coach as well at Indiana. We were all thinking that, right? I don't think he's a bad coach. I don't. It's not an easy place to win, but I do wonder if Allen isn't going through somewhat of the Ron Turner thing. You got a program that is not accustomed to winning consistently, and they have the monster year. They happen to have it during COVID when things got really weird. I think they went 6-1 and one in the Big Ten, right? Um, eight and two overall or something the COVID year. Regardless, at that point, I thought, uh-oh, it looks like Indiana's figured something out. And then they have a season like last year. That is beyond just, oh, well, a little bit of slippage. That's all of a sudden, oh, this guy might not know how to maintain it. And in fairness to Allen, no one really has figured that out at Indiana. Same as no one has really figured that out at Illinois. Now, I got the Athlon preview. Thank you, Athlon, for your free previews. This is the Hoosiers. They have them ranked, I think, at 83rd, Illinois at 69. The Hoosiers seem to be trending up after going 14-7 and from 2019-20 to under Coach Tom Allen. However, the program took a massive step back last season with a 2-10 and finish and an 0-9 mark in Big Ten games. Allen took steps to rectify last year's disappointment, appointing new coordinators on both sides of the ball and taking over the play-calling duties on defense. New offensive coordinator Walt Bell inherits a group that averaged only 10.4 points a contest in Big Ten action last year. Former Missouri signal caller Connor Bazalek should provide much-needed stability under center with fellow transfer Sean Shivers, great name, and Josh Henderson at running back and Emery Simmons, wide receiver, helping to add options at the skill talent spots. The rebuilding effort on defense probably isn't as steep, but there's no doubt that linebacker Micah Fadden will be missed after the Hoosiers allowed 35.1 points in Big Ten matchups last fall. A few transfer portal additions should help, along with the return of cornerback Taiwan Mullen, who missed six games, back to full strength. They stunk last year a lot more than I even thought. I, I knew the record. I did not know they were giving up 35 points a game for a coach that kind of built that two-year stretch from 19 to 20 on defense. 10 points a game on offense? How quickly can you fix that? This is a team that had a lot more rebuilding and fixing to do than Illinois. And I can see why Athlon has Indiana behind Illinois. And week zero didn't give me any reason to think that that's inaccurate. Now, 27, 24-7 sports, the national part of it, not Illini Inquirer, but the national part of 24-7 sports is higher on Indiana than Illinois. This is their 
preview for Indiana. Despite a head-to-head loss to Rutgers, we predicted the Hoosiers to upset Purdue at the end of last year and a season-opening win over Illinois at home to give Tom Allen's team two conference wins, just putting them ahead of the Scarlet Knights. Indiana will struggle again, but it won't be as bad as last year's two-win injury-riddled campaign. Improvements? Yes. Bowl game? Not this time. So they predict two wins in the Big Ten for Indiana, four and eight overall. They had Illinois, by the way, at three and nine. If Illinois goes three and nine this year, I'll eat a hat and I'll be extremely disappointed in the process. I'll sadly, tears in my eyes, eat a hat. Northwestern, according to 24 7 Sports, was not going to win a Big Ten game while they beat Nebraska. And that's not to nitpick because anyone making predictions, we're all just kind of doing it blind before the season. But. It seems like, uh, oh, yeah, Nebraska, they had winning, I think, five Big Ten games. Yeah, right. So that is to say, Indiana's worse than I even thought. You got to win. You got to win. And I think Illinois does win. I think they win comfortably. I think offensively, you see a little bit more of a step taken. Maybe there's a mistake or two, a turnover or two because of the step up in competition. Maybe DeVito forces his first throw that he shouldn't. But you still have enough in the run game, and I think with the quarterback position, to put up, let's say, 27 points. That seems fair. Now, that would assume that you get two field goals. I hope that Caleb Griffin has a better game. He will have to kick a few field goals. I don't think you're going to punch it into the end zone every time. The defense is really good. I don't want to sleep on this Illinois defense. And when you're back seven, and more specifically, your secondary is as good as they are, that covers up a lot course you could say the same thing when you have a great defensive line I don't think Illinois has a great defensive line I think they're good enough the secondary though is spectacular at least has the potential to be and at at the level they're already playing giving up one and a half yards per pass attempt Wyoming Wyoming may be bad this year but that tells you this secondary is legit and you can go back to last year and see the same sorts of numbers bear out in big 10 play you get the win Friday I think you do so convincingly. I think it's 27 to 14, 27 to 13. And I don't know if it's ever much in doubt. I, I just don't see it. I don't see how Indiana fans could be that excited. They might look at Illinois in the schedule and say, well, this should be a winnable game. But if you're looking at what's on both sides of the ball, and the one thing I think we all underestimated until it was maybe August and we started looking closer at this Illinois roster is how many returning guys there were that were a big part of the success last year. And while you did lose a Kirby Joseph or an Isaiah Gay or an Owen Carney, uh, Tolson, a linebacker, those are big losses, right? But it's not like you're replacing them with guys that are completely green. And then the offense just wasn't going to get worse. So a little bit better offense and a defense playing at the level that it did the last five games last year and against Wyoming, that's enough to get the win in Indiana. I think they do. 27-13 will be my final prediction. You give up one touchdown your first of the year, but other than that, you keep things in front of you. Offense, you feel better about, but at the same time, a couple of stalled drives that result in field goals, which makes you wonder, okay, how good will this offense be? I think overall, we're going to feel great after any win against Indiana, Um, but even after a win against Indiana, there probably will be lingering questions, and that's okay. This early in the season, especially with the offense, I'm okay with not knowing everything. But start 2-0. Let's have that juice flowing before the Virginia game and to have an entire week to build up to that. And actually, here's what I would love. You beat Indiana. You have all of Saturday to just watch the rest of the Big Ten slate and 
sit back, relax, and know that, wait a second, we, we might be okay this year. We might be okay. And to feel that way on Labor Day weekend with two wins under your belt, that would be special. Think about last year when it was UTSA. And just as soon as you felt good after the Nebraska game, UTSA happens and you don't feel good anymore. Let's not do that again. And I don't think it happens. I think there were a lot of lessons learned last year. I think the culture of this team is far better than where it was early last year. And that was a process that Bielema and the staff figured out. It's, it's going to pay dividends this year. It's going to pay dividends Friday. Illinois wins 27-13. to 13. Big Toto, you're right. Indiana's still three-point favorites. They're the home team. I guess there are far tougher home field advantages than what Indiana offers. And you can go on StubHub. There's plenty of tickets available. I briefly looked at it. Eh. Three-hour drive. I'm not really feeling it. Uh, <laughs> no cheap hotels in, in Bloomington, which I understand. It's it's hard to get a hotel on any game day weekend anywhere. So we will be here Friday night for a Twitch stream. I'm excited for that. And I will just be happy and content as long as Illinois does what I think they're going to do. This is a weird spot to be in, being this confident for an Illinois football team that has not made a bowl game in a few years and Vegas had over under four and a half wins. I don't know if I'm on crazy pills or what, but I, I'm buying this team. And when I say buying them, not 10 and two, but six and six, seven and five, I'm buying this team to be solid, just solid. Okay. Tom Allen, I mentioned him earlier. You know, he started off with a couple five and seven seasons, then eight and five, six and two, and then back to two and 10. Again, I just question anyone's ability to Indiana to keep that thing steady and. Last year was a disaster. He might level things out a bit this year, but I just don't see them in game one figuring it all out. All these new pieces, you could argue that new coordinators means Illinois, the tape that they had on Indiana, isn't going to be so useful. And that Indiana, kind of like Illinois against Nebraska last year, has an advantage because they don't have things on tape. Meanwhile, Illinois does. But I don't know if we can really put a value or quantify how important it is that Illinois already has a game under their belt. I think it's extremely important, and I think that will be a big difference as well. Speaking of the secondary, which I'm just super high on, as you all know, Quan Martin. First of all, what a great name. I think in Jerry Maguire, wasn't a Cuba Gooding Jr. tried to make the word Quan some sort of um, adjective of some sort? Quan Martin, he earned two national awards last week. Uh, This is from Alana Inquirer. The fifth-year senior had a team-high seven tackles and three pass breakups, the most in the country during week zero, to help the Alana defense keep Wyoming offense out of the end zone in a 38-6 route. PFF, Pro Football Focus, I think, named Martin its Defensive Player of the Week in the nation after earning the highest single uh, single highest PFF grade, 89.0, the highest single-game grade of Martin's career. The Bednarik Award, or Bednarik, Award given annually by the Maxwell Football Club to the best defensive player in the country, also named Martin the Defensive Player of the Week for Week Zero. This is a quote from Ryan Walters about Quan. I've been trying to tell you guys since the spring, he can do it all. You got a chance to see him in a high safety role there for a while, and then you could see the versatility he brings. He was awesome in coverage. He's getting more and more comfortable year two in the system. He's got to continue to play like that for us to have the year we're capable of having moving forward. All right, so that's the guy I'm going to key in on. I feel kind of bad for saying this, but I didn't really notice Quan a ton 
and I should have, obviously, three pass breakups. I did recall a few of those, but the seven tackles, that's more than I thought. And however he's being graded out, he's clearly making an impact. Didn't have the interception like Witherspoon, but I will be trying to really focus in on Quan on Friday night. Uh, this is from Big Def 72. The greatest in-season improvement is always said to be from week one to week two. Add to that fact that I don't think we put our whole attack on film and all choose our situation over Indiana's. I agree. I just think having the week zero, I hope Illinois does it year in, year out. That should be the thing. It is advantageous. Didn't work out in our favor against UTSA last year. I kind of chalk that up to detoxifying the program. You were still in the detoxification process from the Lovey Smith experience, right? I'll chalk it up to that and think that this week two is going to be much different than last year's. Elsewhere in the Big Ten, week one. I'm excited for Thursday. Penn State at Purdue. Penn State three and a half point favorites. I don't buy James Franklin. I don't. I hope he stays there because I think that he will just keep Penn State at a merely pretty good level. Top 15, top 20. I don't even know if they're ranked. I don't think Penn State is ranked, actually. Neither is Purdue after a 9-1 season. I will take Purdue in this game. I, I just don't, again, I don't buy Penn State, and I'm probably doing that with orange-colored glasses on from the 9-overtime win last year, but I'll take Purdue. If it were Penn State, I might go differently, but it's at Purdue. New Mexico State at Minnesota. Yeah, whatever. Another kind of, that, that is such a Minnesota opening week kind of matchup. Okay, Friday, there is a game before Illinois at 6 o'clock Central Time. Michigan State hosts Western Michigan. They're 20-point favorites. Michigan State will win that, probably no problem. Illinois at Indiana, as I already gave my prediction, 27-13 to 13, Illinois wins. Saturday, here's the docket. Some good and some whatever. Buffalo at Maryland. I don't know how Buffalo is doing now that they're two years removed from the Lance Leipold era. That's at noon, or sorry, at 11 a.m. Also at 11 a.m., we got Colorado State at Michigan. Michigan is eighth in the country, 27-point favorites. Rutgers at Boston College, a somewhat intriguing matchup. South Dakota State at Iowa. Eh, whatever. North Dakota at Nebraska. Eh, watch that be close. I. It's going to be close, isn't it? Illinois State at Wisconsin. That's a primetime game on FS1, whatever. And then the big one, 6.30, Central Time, ABC, Notre Dame at Ohio State. Ohio State, 17-point favorites. I want Marcus Freeman to work at Notre Dame. I like him a lot. I think they cover. 17 is a lot for week one. I Notre Dame, I, they struggled in the bowl game, right? They had a lead early, and then it kind of went to crap. But I like Marcus Freeman. I, I, I hope it works. I really do. I think they cover in week one. We'll see. So that's the week one docket for the Big Ten. I think that's it for football talk today. I'm ready for Friday. We haven't done one of these live reaction pods since the Illinois-Chattanooga game. You you recall that. And I'm thinking this will be a much less stressful affair. Before we get out of here, let's switch to basketball while we're at it. Amani Hansberry commits to Illinois. This was not a surprise. He had a crystal ball on 24-7 sports weeks ago. Four stars, six foot eight, two twenty-five power forward out of Baltimore. Thank you, Chester Frazier. Number 52 nationally, the number 10 power forward according to 24-7 sports. This is according to Adam Finkelstein, director of scouting at 24-7. 
Hansberry has some of the best hands in high school basketball, excellent footwork, and a very high acumen for the game. And while he doesn't have elite size or explosiveness, he's versatile and able to impact winning in a variety of ways. He's a scoring threat with both hands around the rim, poised in the post, crafty with his use of fakes, able to create space with his broad shoulders, and a very good passer from multiple spots on the floor. Simultaneously, he's a reliable free throw shooter and continuing to expand his face-up game without sacrificing his efficiency. He's a high-volume rebounder, able to win 50-50 balls because of his length and hands and in all the right spots on both ends of the floor. Defensively, he's sometimes best as a five, but doesn't project as much of a rim-protecting presence at the next level. Yep, there seems to be a thing going on here, isn't there? Winners. And that sounds like a very cliche, kind of lazy bit of analysis on my part, but doesn't that not sound like power forward Ty Rogers? Smart, versatile, can do everything, maybe isn't the tallest or the biggest guy, but reliable and obviously very good. I mean, that goes without saying top 50 recruit, basically. This basketball program is turning into a monster, and I am as excited about it as I have been since the early Weber years until the recruiting returns didn't look so good. The self years, that's what we're living through. We're living through the self years if self would have stayed. And it will pay off. It will pay off, I think, ultimately in what we all want it to pay off in. When I was getting the car yesterday, I was talking to one of the guys at, at Honda, and he asked, well, how far do you think they'll go in the tournament? And I've stopped measuring, or, or I should say stop prognosticating based on that, because we all know it's a crapshoot. But this team will continue to put themselves in positions to get good seeding. They'll continue to put themselves in position to win Big Ten titles, which I think they will win another Big Ten title this year. And when it comes to recruiting, think of all the decade of frustration that we had, decade plus, where from Weber through all of Gross, you were not winning these battles, and now you're winning every one. You're winning every one of these battles that you really get into. We're loaded. And the mix of transfer portal success, which will be there because of the name image likeness stuff, the mix of that and the three, four-year guys at a high school, Underwood's got this thing rolling. He knows how to work this landscape of college basketball. He gets it. So I could not be more in to the Underwood era at Illinois basketball if I tried. I mean, I'm that into it. I think this is going to pay off beautifully got to sound like trump beautifully amazing best program ever they're gonna be great and what are we two months away just over two months away from illinois basketball and now you got 2024 that's 2023 is hansbury we'll see how else they fill up that class 2024 you got sky clark's brother zz love the name probably going to be amazing (laughs) and then you have morez johnson And I have no doubt they're going to fill it with a bunch of other four, maybe a five-star guy in there. But this is what they're doing is the sort of like Michigan State model. When Izzo had things rolling at the highest point, doesn't this Hansberry guy just read like a Michigan State guy? Doesn't Ty Rogers read like a Michigan State guy? I'll take it because there is a reliability with that. When they talk about he's already got a high basketball IQ, you know, the fewer guys that are on the court that make you want to pull your hair out, I give Underwood credit. When he started having success, there were still moments on those teams where you're like, ah, what are they doing? And that's not to say it won't continue to happen. It's college basketball. These are young guys. Even last year, how many moments were there where we were like, what are you doing? And they still won a Big Ten title. 
They won 15 and 5 in the conference last year with a roster that I think had gaping holes when all was said and done, mostly because Corbello didn't pan out and because he had a shooting guard that could shoot but couldn't defend. You had Trent Frazier playing out of his mind, but I love Trent. There were limits, especially late in the year. And you had Kofi, who I thought was basically the same Kofi as sophomore year. Love Kofi, dominant for us. All that to say, when the full Brad Underwood experience is on display on the court, and when you have this positionless basketball and these athletic freaks, but also reliable guys that are smart basketball players, you mix that together, I think (laughs) this is the team to beat in the Big Ten for the foreseeable future. I'll put it another way. I would not trade places with any other Big Ten basketball program right now. Would you? The short, immediate, and uh, long-term prospects. Would you switch with any other basketball program in the Big Ten? I wouldn't. I would not. Kretzky, a question I've been pondering as well. Is this the best football and basketball coach combo as far as stability and understanding of running a college program the DIA has ever had at the same time? Makovic Henson, you know, I mean, you say stability and I don't know, and people back that were alive back then, or I should say, you know, of a age where they could remember because I was three, did it seem like Makovic would stay for a long time? Was the Texas thing a surprise? I know he never really endeared himself to the fan base like Mike White, but you'd have to go back to that, wouldn't you? I mean, Underwood, Bielema, because Bielema already had success at the college level, is Henson and Makovic, but I think Bielema has no reason to leave. And if he does, it's because he's been monstrously successful and goes to a blue blood. If that happens, great. Good for him and good for us. I think Underwood's here for the long haul. Yeah, I think it probably is. It's the best combo in my lifetime. Now, given the football coaches we've had, that may not be saying much. I would have liked to have thought back during the Bill Self, Ron Turner years, that that was it. And it did feel that way for a couple of years. 2000, 2001, oh, this this is it. Well, basketball kept up there under the bargain, football did not. But Kretzky, I think there's something to that. Yeah, Self-Turner in a smaller window, that's exactly it. All right, well, that's all I got for this midweek episode of the 200 level. We are back. Let's make sure. I got so many different machines running. Okay, everything's working perfectly here. We'll be back Friday. So second half of the game, we'll start a minute or two before that gets underway. You're looking at what, 845 realistically, maybe nine the way college football goes. We'll be here for the second half. We should have fun. I'm optimistic about it. I think Indiana probably just bad. I think we're solid. I think we get the job done because I trust the coaching staff. And again, famous last words, but I'm taking that to the bank. I feel good. So join us. And we'll have the Twitch window open, of course, so anything that you guys see as you're watching the game, we will basically be commenting on this together. Just going to be me, Isaac and Trevor, both busy with their own gigs, and um, you know we're going to miss them because it's been so much fun to do these pods with them, but that's where you all come in on the Twitch feed, on Twitter. I'll try to keep that active, and we'll, we'll make it work. We'll make it work. So thank the Twitch feed. Thank you guys for uh, tuning in. Remember to check out our sponsors, DP Doe, online at dpdoe.com for all the best deals and prices. dpdoe.com, they can deliver a calzone to your doorstep right before the Illinois-Indiana game, maybe right at halftime, or if they win and you want a late-night celebratory calzone, no matter when you get it, it's delicious. dpdoe.com. Got to thank Rector Construction, online at rectorconstruction.com. 
all your home exterior needs. That's rectorconstruction.com. State Farm agent Brian Hansen, online at brianismyguy.com. Hook me up with a new insurance card in literally three minutes. Three minutes. Not surprised. He's the best. Brianismyguy.com. And Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. Get your furnace check scheduled 6% off by merely mentioning the 200 level. That's Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. Thanks to Lana Inquirer, Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Thank you, Twitch viewers. A little earlier than I thought we'd do it, but wanted to knock this out because uh, got some plans later this evening. Friday evening, that's where it's at. The first live game reaction podcast since March, and it should be a fun one. So join us right back here. Same bat time, same bat channel. And subscribe to us on YouTube. We are pretty close to the 50 subscribers needed to do YouTube Live. And when we get there, we're going to have to make a decision. And Twitch, Twitch guys, I love you. Would you be okay moving over to YouTube Live? It'll streamline it a bit. I, I We got some decisions to make, but we're growing this thing and trying to get as many different outlets as we can. All right. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your week. We have Friday. I'll probably do a more comprehensive post-Illinois-Indiana reaction on Sunday because we got a long weekend. And then next week, I hope, 2-0 Illinois, previewing that for Virginia. That would be a fun week. I love the anticipation of a big game, and it would be a big game. But first, a Big Ten matchup on Friday evening. We'll see you then. It is the 200th level. Thank you.